What is up and welcome back to Offstage. I'm Logan. I'm Chase. And we are so sorry that we did not give you an episode last week. I was dying. I'm still a little bit dying, but I'm pulling through because I missed you. Uh, I'm not really all that sorry for giving you great stuff to listen to, so you should just be glad you get it when you do. Chase is really entitled, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> No, they're entitled if they think we have to give them pod- eh, podcasts every week. Chase just like spit across I'm the sorry, studio. Guys. I just want you guys to know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's um, Monday. What can I do? Yeah, we're having a rough day. We just went to Starbucks and spent too much money. You did. So did you. Um, yeah. Yeah. True. True. He bought like a $6 croissant. It was $3, okay? Oh, how dare I? I'm being careful. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, Anyways, let's start with this week in entertainment. It's not really this week, though, because we missed a week, so we're catching up. And This is a little bit like October in entertainment. Yeah, because <laughs> this weekend, not like a whole lot happened like last week, but the week before, we had a lot that we could have talked about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just read something Chase had on our outline for the show, and I'm really excited to hear Me his too. thoughts on it. Okay, so let's just jump right in. So, First what, of all, have you seen A Star is Born? I'm I, not asking Chase. I'm asking generally. I haven't, guys. Yeah, well, that's because Chase is slacking and doesn't care about being cultured. I could have seen it on Saturday or Sunday, like and either of the days on the weekend, but I was like, you know, I think I know what this movie is. He doesn't. I know, I know everything about it. Like, I've heard people talk about it so much that I feel like I could walk into the movie and sit next to someone who has no idea what's going on and tell them exactly what's going to happen as it goes. But I also felt that, like, because all the trailers they showed and the whole rollout just felt like months and months before it even came out. So It was know. beautiful, and I don't care about Chase's I am opinion. sure it is beautiful. I'm sure it's going to win so many awards. It just seems like a very predictable movie. That well, it's predictable because it's been made four times. That's true. Um, and I mean, like, this one is very different than the last few, um, and it's because of how modernized it is. Yeah. Um, because the last one that came out was in 1976, right? Which is, like, such a vastly different decade than what, you know, our year's looking like in 2018. And seeing this dynamic between Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga and a little bit feeling... Lady Gaga's own personal real life struggle behind her character Allie was really beautiful to watch. Um, And the reason that I think I found it so intriguing is because artists are really going through these like horrendous real life experiences. Bradley Cooper's experience um, as his character Jackson Maine isn't unlike we've seen with artists uh, in the mainstream like Demi Lovato or Mac Miller recently. Yeah. And I think that's why it hits home is because it came out at such a relevant time um, for artists suffering from addiction um, and artists who are coming up and have their own insecurities like they can't get jobs because of how they look and like people don't want to believe that's a real issue but it's a real issue i just want to know if all of that was intentional or if they if the makers of this movie were looking back and they were like this movie was not very well made the past three versions and so let's just it's 2018 we have two super talented actors and a super talented singer let's just throw them out there and see how they do and they ended up killing it but well, one reason that it ended up feeling so personal is because lady gaga's alley character is modeled after her personal experiences yeah. that's why um so much of the film's dynamic is about 
Allie's uh, insecurity about her nose because people wouldn't hire her because her, you know, her nose was too big. And one of the biggest, most like romantic recurring scenes in the film is uh, Bradley's Coop, Bradley Cooper's character Jackson, like telling her how much like he loves her nose and that he thinks her nose should be its own billboard and like. It's if so, someone it's, said that to me, I would smack them in the <laughs> fucking face. Okay, well, Chase, you don't have a big nose. I do kind of have a big nose. No, it was it was brought to my attention when I was in eighth grade. I'm going to tell this story real quick. Your nose is proportional to your face. It is, but like, it's still larger than the oh average nose. But let me tell this story real quick. So I was in eighth grade, and it was like the first couple of weeks, and there were new people at the school, and I was like, hey, I kind of have a crush on this girl. And then her friend was like, hey, this girl has a crush on you too. And so I was talking to her friend, and she was like, yeah, she really likes guys with big noses. Yep. That's how I found out I had a big nose. This frappuccino I'm drinking just like almost came out of my nose. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's move on from 13-year-old me. I don't want to relive those days. Uh, He does not have a big nose. For those of you who haven't seen Chase, which is a joke because every single one of you listening is Chase's friend. (laughs) It's you a little know. larger than average, but yeah, it's not. I have like this giant. It's not an insecurity of on mine. my nose. So I've worn glasses since I was nine. I think. I think it's been almost ten. No, it's been ten years. I've been wearing glasses for ten years. Same. And so at the point where my glasses sit on my nose, there's like a bump. So I look like a witch from Hocus Pocus. Like I look one of like one of the Sanderson sisters because of like how this bump lays on my nose. You would be my least favorite Sanderson sister. <laughs> Okay, well, if you would like to become my new co-host for Offstage, I'll go ahead and put applications on our Twitter. Okay, let's let's keep talking about A Star is Born, though. Oh, right. I forgot. Only Chase can roast me, not the other yeah. way around. Um, <laughs> uh, but really, though, A Star is Born has, like, a very predictable story, but nonetheless, it's a very inspiring one. Even though I knew what was going to happen. Like, we all did. I was somehow still surprised at the end. And even after the movie, like walking to my car, I was still sobbing because like it made me that emotional. And like I tend to bottle up my emotions. So I'm also thinking maybe that was a side effect of like not crying for months. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, um, I felt much better afterwards. And also A Star is Born is incredible. And I really, really hope that... That you go see it, even if you wait until it hits like the real theater and you can see it for three dollars. Like, I think it's a film that deserves to be seen on the big screen. When you said real theater, I was like, I, I got confused. R E E L, yeah, real theater. It's the cheap theaters, guys. It's the cheap ones. You all know what we're talking about. But I want to hear you talk about the soundtrack because you and ah! a staff writer at the Arbiter on Twitter have been like, I've seen you guys tweeting back and forth ah! about it. Which one? Ben? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, first of all, Ben Harris, he has his own podcast called Every Weekend a Movie. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and plug him. You should listen to it. He is lovely and arguably one of my favorite people on this whole planet. And he claimed me as his son recently on Twitter, so... He's he's my father. He is your father, and he called me a really inspirational person in his life, and that made me cry, too. So... If you learn anything from this episode, know that it's that I cry a lot. Um, But not enough. But not enough, apparently, (laughs) because it's still bottled up. Um, Really, though, so check out Every Week in a Movie. It's on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, etc. Wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, just go find it. Um, Also, but the point is, is that this soundtrack, um, some of it was written by Lady Gaga. Uh, She collaborated with Mark Ronson, who... um, 
did he's, Uptown Funk with he's done so many Bruno things. Mars. That was just the most recognizable yeah. one that I could think of. Um, she worked with him on Joanne, which was her fifth studio album, I believe. Um, arguably her best studio album. I loved Joanne. Like after art pop, we needed something. We needed something. Um, anyways, and she worked on it with a series of other writers as well, whose names I can't remember. Mark Ronson is the most. Um, probably notable one the one that you'd see the name be like okay i know who he is um the soundtrack is incredible so not only is the soundtrack compiled with every single song that you see in the movie but also the major pieces of dialogue in the movie so if there's a major scene in the film um that becomes like a turning point or an important moment between Allie and jackson it's recorded and placed on the soundtrack so if you listen to the soundtrack from beginning to end you understand the story um which i think is really interesting and i wish more film soundtracks would do that because i feel as though like when you're listening to the soundtrack after you see the movie like you're placed in the film again which I don't know maybe I'm just being cheesy but I find that to be like a really interesting tactic when recording a soundtrack if Um, you listen to 90s rap at all this isn't anything new to you I do not yeah therefore this is new to me yeah um Anyways, it's like it's really beautiful. Shallow, which is the song that you hear in the trailers, the song that got a radio edit Shallows, and is playing on the radio. How do they say it? They say like shallow, 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 shallow. That's shallow. one part. <laughs> it's, it's still, I was, when I listen to it every time, I just laugh because I remember reading out a tweet from Ben that said, like shallow. spelled it out. <laughs> so I was like, I had to read it out, and I was like, this is this is a mouthful. <laughs> it's a really great song, though. Lady Gaga has this moment where she hits like an octave higher belt, and it's like she's just so talented. It's it, ridiculous. It's like goosebump inducing. Like there's some songs that I listen to on the soundtrack <laughs> where like I can feel it. Um, Always remember us this way is another one. It's a solo song just with Lady Gaga's character Ali. Um, it's really beautiful. There's a lot of tone changes. I love Lady Gaga. I went into this knowing I loved Lady Gaga. So I wasn't exactly like surprised when I listened to it. And I was like, wow, I love Lady Gaga. <laughs> like nothing changed. Um, she deserves another halftime show at the Super Bowl. She deserves every single Grammy. She's probably going to win Oscar. This soundtrack is probably going to win a few Oscars. I agree. I think that this it might is going win a Grammy. To, I would not be surprised if this is one of the reasons that Lady Gaga gets even closer to getting an EGOT, which for those of you guys who doesn't know is uh, an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. We talked about it with John Legend, who just recently won it with an Emmy. Yeah. Um, and so she does not have a Tony yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if after seeing her perform in this, she gets a lot of stage offers. Like that's the last one she needs, right? No. So she actually right now only has a Grammy. She was nominated oh, I for an she had Oscar. an Emmy for um, some TV show soundtrack. No, she was nominated. Oh, okay. for. Th- she's been nominated for three Emmys, uh, none of which she won. But I'm not going to be surprised if after um, this, she ends up doing a lot more stuff on the small screen as well, because I feel like after this, her are going to be set on the EGOT. Um, she was also nominated for one Academy Award for her song Till It Happens to You from the documentary The Hunting Ground in 2016. Um, I to this day, will defend that song to its death, and I believe that it should have won. And she had the most beautiful performance with a stage of sexual assault survivors. Oh, just thinking about it makes me sad. Um, but I don't sad. know what's going on, guys. Uh, but I think it's worth noting that there was only 
there wasn't only Lady Gaga on the soundtrack. Bradley Cooper played a big role in this. He had his own solo song on it, didn't he? He has a couple. Okay. Um, he, he has one called Alibi. He has... Um, maybe it's time to let the old ways... I think it's called The Old Ways. We're going to get sued for you singing that. We're going to get a we're going to get a C&D notice in the mail in a couple of days. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's really good. Uh, Bradley Cooper went to singing or vocal and guitar lessons for 18 months to prepare for this film. Um, and Logan thinks that's like a big deal. Like she didn't think that was necessary. 18 months isn't that long for learning to sing and play instruments like Lady Gaga and other famous singers and performers have been doing this their whole lives, so I don't know why you're giving Bradley Cooper shit for having to take 18 months to I do just, it. It just sounds like a long time on, but, like, when you look at it on paper, like, that's, like, what? That's a year and a half. It's not that much. I mean, it depends on how, how long often did this he was going. And how long did this movie take to shoot? I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know that off the top of my head. Um, either way, Bradley <laughs> Cooper has um, a really, really beautiful singing voice, which he definitely proved. He proved that he's more than just, like... A comedic actor, which is what we most often see him in. Um, he was he's yeah, he's had his moments like pushing out of that mm-hmm. stereotype because you know he had the Hangover movies, and that's how everyone saw him at first. And but he's been trying to push his way out of that. And I think by di- he was the director of A Star Is Born, right? It was his directorial debut. Yeah, so he's really which is a f- beautiful start, yeah, by the way. He's, he's going gonna, to have so many more directing opportunities after this movie. And he's still really young. He's like in his forties or. I think he's still in his 30s. I think he's he's early 40s, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he doesn't look like it. That man has aged well. Yeah, good for him. Um, but yeah, he's... Oh, he's 43. He were right. Uh, see? I'm usually right, guys. But yeah, this is a great movie. Uh, Micah Peters, he has a podcast called the On Shuffle from the Ringer Podcast Network. Shout out to you guys. You guys are great. Uh, but he, his description of A Star is Born is that it's a movie-ass movie. <laughs> it's a movie-ass movie. Like, it's a movie-ass movie. And I, the person he was talking to and said that to was like, that's like the perfect description. Like, this is a movie you want to see if you want to see a good movie. It was beautiful. Um, I will literally... There's a really interesting Vox article that Chase brought to my attention this morning that essentially, like... <laughs> Proves that like a woman's success in entertainment has to be from a man, and like I, here's the deal. Here is the deal. For those of you that listened to the radio show that I was previously on, Crossing the Aisle, if you haven't, it was like a political radio show. You know, I'm super democratic. Like I'm really liberal, um, which is in like stark contrast to like my entire family. Um, however, like. I think that Vox reaches so hard. Yeah, there's definitely for a line. things to be upset about. <laughs> there's a line where you're like, okay, this is this is what's happening, and then Vox reaches so further past that line to just try to grab stuff out of nowhere. News to outlet, write about. news outlets, news outlets. I guess like Vox, like make it so hard to enjoy things like anything like maybe if you know like lady gaga's character was like you know physically abused and wasn't allowed to you know eat um in order to become a star you know like she had to change her physical appearance and bradley cooper pressured her into that like then i could see an issue but that's a real life thing though 
Like that shit happens probably know, daily. But my my biggest issue with like that Vox article is that like there was three of these movies before that, and exactly. like you chose this one. Like you didn't talk about any of the other ones, but you chose this one. And so, but this I, one was made in 2018. That's, that's true. That's worth noting. That's true. I just I don't know. I just want to. I just want to enjoy things sometimes. Yeah. I do. Makes sense. And uh, this is a movie meant for enjoying. Exactly. And it was beautiful, and I loved it, and I will sing the soundtrack until I die. Your turn. Okay, guys. So another uh, movie worth enjoying is Venom. I saw it on Saturday, and it's gotten awful reviews. Like, so bad. And a lot of the fans, like, they have fan reviews on Fandango and... IMDB and websites like that. All the fan reviews have been relatively good. Like, clearly, some people have their issues with it, and they take critics' words for grant, or they take critics' words and then apply it when they're watching the movie. I try really hard not to do that, but it was hard to ignore everything that was said about Venom before, like, while watching it. So the first. 30 to 40 minutes of the movie, I was like, you know, this is going to be, this is, it's going to get better because it was just so bad. I was like, <laughs> what is going on, guys? Are you, are you, are you aware that it's, that you put out a movie this bad? And then after that, like things start to pick up and I got interested. I was like, actually, <laughs> Logan's taking a selfie, guys. Uh, but I was actually Recording interested. Us for my Snapchat story, add me on Snap, LA Potter underscore nine. Anyway, though, uh, so I was actually getting really interested and invested in this movie, and the storyline picked up. Uh, Tom Hardy was super funny in it. Like, I wasn't expecting it to be as funny as it was, but I think that's just a product of the makers of this movie realizing that it wasn't what they wanted it to be, and then they just embraced it for what it was, and I think that's what makes it so like, admirable. Well, it's improv time, guys. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, they were... <laughs> There, there were some really great things about this movie. I think it was really innovative with the action sequences. Like they weren't perfect, but it's definitely worth like saying that they they're trying something new, and it's admirable. And I enjoyed the movie a lot, and I think it should win more awards than A Star Is Born. <laughs> Guys, I'm kidding. It, it won't win any awards. Ever. It's just a good, bad movie. And those are always fun. And I think you should get, you I should just feel like for all watch the it hype, eventually. I feel like for all the hype that it was getting, though, like I would want more than like a B movie that was enjoyable to it watch. It wasn't even a B movie. Like, it was like a D movie? It was like a D plus C. Minus? No, like like C at the C is at ceiling. Like that's as best as it would get, honestly. Which is really bad. Like I feel like as much hype as it got and as excited as they were trying to make everybody. Yeah, I think that's when they like because of all of that. That's why they were like, oh, we have to really make this something like the Avengers, like something as big as the Avengers or Spider Man, Homecoming, and all that stuff. But it just didn't live up to that, so they had to embrace it for what it was, which they ended up doing. And I think it re it worked out really well for them. It's going to get a good following, like not a cult following per se. I hope not. But it's going to be 
something people enjoy. And that's all that matters. I guess. I mean, this is one where, like, I have not seen this movie, by the way. I don't plan on seeing it until, like, it comes out on DVD or Netflix or something. Yeah. And I can either, like, watch it for free or rent it for a (laughs) dollar. If you wait till it comes to Netflix, that's fine. Like, but... I think it's worth watching at least once. Like, even like, if it's just something where you're hanging out with friends and you're like, hey, guys, you want to watch this silly movie? Yeah, no, I get that. I just feel like and I would great spend for 10 bucks for it, you know? Yeah, I, I I don't know if I should have. I don't, I don't think I, I would. I'm okay with it. Okay, and moving on from Venom and movies in general, I'm going to move on to the most somber piece of the episode. And... This is really hard for me. This is this is really hard. I think this is silly. I think this is really hard for me, and I don't care what Chase thinks. Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson broke up and ended their engagement. This is reported by TMZ yesterday. And People Magazine and then Us Weekly. But the so. news, yeah, the news broke yesterday, and after all the jokes and stuff that Pete Davidson was making on SNL for the like since the season started a couple weeks ago I was like like this isn't something they're taking too seriously I hope like sure they had all those tattoos matching tattoos that they got together and that's okay well there's crazy there was a big red flag about a week ago because like Pete got his biggest Ariana Grande tattoo on his neck that was a tribute to her Dangerous Woman album covered up with like a black heart and everybody was like, oh, no, it's okay. Like, there, she's going to get one, too. And then she no. didn't. And then they broke up. And rest in peace to this relationship because I knew it was going to fail. Exactly. I we knew. all did. It was covered hey, in red flags Chase, from the beginning. would you let me live? Yeah. Like, I am it's very fine. Sad. You can be upset about this. And I understand why some people are. But this relationship has been covered in red flags since the start. So I don't think it's worth crying over you know what chase i don't get invested in hollywood relationships very often but i was very excited about ariana grande and pete davidson what i find most disturbing about this is all the jokes about pete davidson like everyone saying oh what's he gonna do now yeah how fucking dare you how dare you like he was an established comedian before all of this i just need to go off for a minute because first of all like everybody's like i don't even know who pete davidson was until ariana grande that's because you live in a damn bubble and you're 13 your parents don't let you watch saturday night live yet on the weekends okay because first of all pete davidson has been a very very impressive and established comedian for like a decade, okay? It's been like four to five years max. Half, you let me live. Anyways, Saturday Night Live has been very popular as always. Pete Davidson has been a very popular contributor to Saturday Night Live. He's been really funny. Um, he was in a Netflix original not too long ago. Surprise, without Ariana Grande. Look, I love her too, but I'm not going to be like, oh, what's Pete Davidson going to do now? Is his career over? No, because a breakup doesn't define whether or not you can be a freaking comedian in the status quo. Ariana Grande needs some time to breathe. She needs a time without a man and she needs some time to practice some self-care because she has had a rough year. And the fact that you guys are trying to put this on her because what is Pete Davidson going to do without her is ridiculous. It's not feminist like you think it is. And you need to grow up and recognize that people can live on their own without needing somebody by their side to support them into their future. Okay, that's all. Thank you. I'm here all week. Okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I 
I think Pete's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. Ari's going to be fine, it's too. It's fine to be worried about them in any way. I'm sad about it. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I'm also not concerned that either of them are not going to go on with their future careers because of it. Like, one of the things that, like, Pete Davidson, like, thrives on is recognizing how difficult mental illness is to deal with. Yeah. So I guarantee that he completely understands what Ariana's going through and after that's Max why he passed. jokes about his situation so often like he's been that's how he got famous he's been joking about his mental health his past his father passing away that's how he got his his career and i'm sure that's one of his huge coping mechanisms and i'm sure he's just gonna keep doing it and he's gonna make it through and sure he's probably gonna need some therapy along the way to get through this but he's gonna make it through fine i mean i think that as soon as mac died we saw this coming yeah we all knew like There was no way that Ari was going to be completely okay after that. Like, that was somebody that she was in love with for, like, years and years. You know what I mean? And the fact that we just expected her to heal and cope and be okay in, like, a month time span is ridiculous. It's unrealistic. And the only reason anybody expected that is because she's a celebrity. And that's what they're expected to do in the spotlight is to heal and be ready to go on another album three days later. And that's... Completely unfair. I think that this breakup will most likely be the best for them. And it might just be a break. Maybe once they both take a breather, you know, it'll get, it'll, you know, reignite. But either way, like, we just need to let them both, like, live for right now and stop making jokes about what Pete's going to do next because that's wrong. It's not okay. Mm -hmm. And then allow Ari to grieve. Like, <laughs> it's been a month, and yeah. people are just, like, ready for it. To, like, they're like, okay, well, yeah, that was enough. Ariana, you because can start are seeing, now. Yeah, people are just seeing this as part of the regular news cycle, which, you know, it's it's a really quick cycle at this point. But that's not how people's lives work. So I think we should just let them breathe. Like, it'll all work out, most likely. We shouldn't be freaking out about this. No. I'm still going to be sad about yeah, it. Yeah, be sad about it I'm all you want. I'm going to be sad for them. Too. We want the best for them. I hope all of you guys do. If you don't, you're terrible humans. And exactly. Yeah. So we're going to move on on that note. I'm glad that I could get that out. This was this was good. It was like an yeah. important coping mechanism for me. <laughs> good public service announcement from Logan Potter, guys. PSA, don't be a dick. Um, <laughs> so next we're going to move on to what to watch like we normally do. So the first one um, I want to talk about is Big Mouth Season 2. So Big Mouth um, is one of Netflix's like biggest animated originals. Um, it's essentially like an adult comedy about teenage puberty, (laughs) which sounds really strange. And it is really strange from what I've seen. It's strange, but in like a hilarious way. Like it takes the typical tropes that we see like about teenage puberty that like we also went through and it makes them hilarious, but for an adult audience. So there's a couple, there's not really a main character. There's like a series of kids that the entire series follows and they have hormone monsters, which are like these really like raunchy monsters that like follow them around Mm -hmm. and like coach them and what they should do essentially when they get horny and it's so funny season one like I was not excited to watch because I was like this looks terrible I've heard about this one scene and it's 
it sounds like that's one part where it's really cringy, but it's just hilarious. Which one? When uh, girls' reproductive organs are speaking to her. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh and my me God. wording like that just made it sound even funnier. It's hilarious. Okay, for real though, like I am not one for dumb animated shows. I can't do Family Guy. I can hardly do The Simpsons. American Dad makes me want to die. Like I am not one for raunchy animated television. I've never yeah. been one for adult animation. But I watched Big Mouth season one and I was so excited for season two to come out, which is really impressive because that kind of comedy never impresses me. Um, and so finding an adult animated show that I was actually really intrigued with and thought was funny was incredible and I finished season two in a day like <laughs> yeah and I think this is a good time to plug another Netflix original uh, animation that's targeted towards towards adults is BoJack Horseman their new season also recently came out and I think you should check that out Logan I think you might enjoy it a lot from what I've heard it's like pretty it's pretty it's dark dark it's yeah. very dark um and so I don't know if I could do it I, don't I think know. you could because there's there's enough where like is it like the amount of cynicism that I have in my body um yeah it's pretty similar but it's it's also has like a lot of uh satire toward the entertainment industry. Ah, yes. So I think that's a main reason why you would enjoy it, and I think everyone else should also check out BoJack Horseman because it's hilarious. Maybe I'll have to give it a shot. Um, I haven't really... I haven't really thought about doing it. A lot of people have talked to me about BoJack Horseman, but I just never got around to it. Like I said, like animated shows yeah. are not the ones I go for. Um, and this one very easily could have been a regular... Like live action series, but I'm glad they made it an animation because it helped a lot with the sat satirical side of it. Right, yeah. And made it a lot more. Yeah. And a lot less depressing. Yeah, Netflix is thriving right now. Yeah. Honestly, Good I think. For you, that Netflix. I feel like out of all of the streaming services, like, except for Amazon's The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I will defend yeah. until I die. Of um, course, after all their awards. Oh my God. Like, they're just. Uh, okay, and also, Amazon, if you're listening to this, which you're not, but in the case that you're listening to this, stop teasing me by making Marvelous Mrs. Maisel banners show up on my Amazon homepage. And then when I click on it, it just says season one and two available on Prime and then I click on season two and it's just freaking promos Netflix does that too and it really bugs me like it'll show like something I've already watched it'll show a banner for it and I'm like oh it's something new but it's just the same yeah, thing and don't I get a tease upset. me Amazon I've been waiting for season two for a year okay a year Amazon so stop teasing me stop putting it on my homepage and let me live until the season comes out in which case I want to be the first to watch it okay that's all so <laughs> anyways Netflix you're doing great with your originals honey keep going true loving them wonderful job except for a couple of these like weird hour and 20 minute long movies you're producing they're pretty garbage there's one called happy anniversary and it's like maybe one of the worst movies I've that's ever how, seen. That's how it is with everything, though. Not everything's going to be gold like we want it to be. No, I just don't under. I just don't understand why it was. There's like a lot of these weird, like hour and twenty minute, like almost like Hallmark movies that Netflix yeah. is producing, and I don't understand. It seems like Netflix just has an abundance of cash that they just throw at any idea. Do you and just like, have like go a, run with it? If you have a lot of money, like can I pitch you a show? How do I get into? I feel that? like you could. Like I'm gonna find out, and there's, then there's like a fifty percent chance they'll say yes to someone who has never written a screenplay at all. I would also no like to experience. star in it. Oh yeah, I also the, would like to write and star. There's definitely like. 
that might add like f- another five percent to the likelihood that they will do it. Oh because yeah, they're like oh a creator like, who wow, is also an actor. Actors. Money in your pocket. By the way, I have no formal training, so if you're listening, like we're gonna have to work out the kinks. Um, I won't ask for a large contract if this, that's any if that's anything. This is the closest to performance art I'll ever get in my life, and. So, yeah, I think I'm totally qualified. Do you want to co-star with yes, me? Yes, hell yes. Okay, so Netflix, really quick, pitch idea. I write a small, an hour and 20-minute movie, just like Happy Anniversary, okay? Low budget, low I, budget. I am the starring role. Chase is my supporting character. Yeah. And then all we need is extras. I want to play someone that has a turtle, and they just carry, like, the turtle around everywhere they go. Can I do that? Yeah, and then I'll fall in love with the turtle. Uh... But I'm really protective of the turtle, so I'm like, no, you can't date this person. And then... Okay, that I think I think we've reached the end of that movie. I think that that's it. That's yeah. the whole thing. Netflix, please call us. <laughs> <laughs> you got my Snapchat earlier in the episode. We're ready. So, moving on. Your show. Uh, I've been watching The Good Place Season 3 lately. Uh, this is not a Netflix bingeable series, so I have to wait every week for a new episode. But it's totally worth it. Season 2 was a little jumbled. It was kind of messy. But I loved every second of it, and I love every second of Season 3 so far. And I think all of you guys should check it out because Ted Danson and Kristen Bell, right? Am I mistaking her name? Kristen... Oh, no, you're right, Kristen Okay, I I wasn't sure if it was Kristen Stewart or Kristen Bell, but now I remember who those people are. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Um, But, yeah, I think it's it's super unique. I've never seen a show anything like this, and I think it's probably one of the best shows on TV. If it's not worthy of awards anymore, that's—I don't care. Like, it's just a good show to watch. I don't care. (laughs) I, I don't care about your awards. They're really not all that great anymore. Fair enough. I mean... I also enjoy The Good Place. I've been watching season three um, because I, like, just got cable four days ago, and it was only to watch Riverdale on Wednesday. Yeah, I just do it on Hulu. I wait for it every week on Hulu. Oh, that makes sense. I have Hulu. I guess I could do that. Um, Also... If you have the time, that's the problem. That's true. I'm going to bring up Riverdale really quick (sighs) because River... We didn't ask for your opinion, okay? (laughs) Me and the listeners are teaming up against you. Um... Riverdale season three started last Wednesday, uh, and there was a really intense end to the episode. And I'm not even going to spoil anything because we're so early in the season. But nonetheless, like Riverdale season three is shaping up to be really interesting. Arguably the best Riverdale season yet, just based on the season premiere, which I'm really stoked about. So um, uh, (laughs) Chase just showed me a really frightening picture of a a cat reaching for like a cross on the wall. (laughs) It's really awesome, guys. Um, I wish you could see it. Did you screenshot it? Yeah. Okay, well, Chase is going to have to put that on the Twitter page. (laughs) Um, Because you guys deserve to see that. But yeah, so what to listen to. I'm going to go ahead and start on this one. So Chase hates this. It's so bad. I didn't ask for his opinion, though, so that's interesting. Um, Shawn Mendes released a cover of Under Pressure for the Bohemian Rhapsody soundtrack. Bohemian Rhapsody is essentially just the movie about Freddie Mercury's life from Queen. And it's going to be so good. I can already tell. so good. Rami Malek plays Freddie Mercury. He's so great. I'm in love with him. Um, 
and I think that he deserves the world. But anyways, it comes out on November 5th. I highly recommend you go see it. Um, I'm going to go see it. You can go with me, set up a date, Snapchat me. Um, it's going to be great. But anyways, the Shawn Mendes cover, <laughs> which is what I was talking about. Um, Chase hates. I love it because I love Shawn Mendes. Um, okay, who's the other guy in it, though? What's his name? Teddy Geiger. Got Teddy, Teddy something. Teddy greater than or less than sign with a it's three a made into a heart. Yeah, that's his like, that's what that's it says on iTunes cringe. or wherever you get your music. That's what it's going to say. It's, it's pretty, pretty cringe. Yeah. However, I'm not even talking. Okay, I just wanted to bring that up. Teddy's collab on it is not very good. Sean Mendez sounds good no matter what he's doing. I love him. I love <laughs> him forever. I already have tickets to his tour next year. Good for you. That's all. I just want to say that I know you're a beautiful human being and you are super talented. Stay in your fucking lane. You ruined Let it. Like it, Sean live. He can live, but he needs to know that. Oh man, like it was almost offensive. I'd how like bad to it was. hear you do it better. I would. No, you wouldn't. I would. No, you wouldn't. I can't sing. Don't be bit. a narcissist. I can't play any instruments. I'm musically not. I, I can't do any musical anything. So that just goes to show how bad this Which means that Chase would not do it better, and he has no room to oh, judge Sean It's Mendes just not good, guys. Continue with your what to listen to, okay, Chase. Okay, so I'm going to go back a couple. I'm going to go back to the same weekend that A Star is Born and Venom came out. Uh, Drip Harder by Lil Baby and Gunna. The Young Thug Prodigies came out, and it is one of the best collab albums that I've ever heard. Like, it's up there with Watch the Throne. It might be better than Watch the Throne because Kanye's being a bitch right now. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So, I think it was one of the best collab albums I've ever heard. And it's super great because these are like pretty relatively unknown artists to the general population. But they're really going to pop off with this and their Drake feature. They got a good verse from Drake, which I hate Drake. So my my approval Drake at all. Yeah, me either. But my approval of this verse just goes to show how what they are capable of. You know what I like less about Drake? Drake? What? The fact that he's like best friends with like 13 year old Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, he's weird. That's super creepy. I feel like it's not like I don't think Drake is a creepy dude. I don't. Nonetheless, though, like. But that is weird. He's like thirty, and she's thirteen, and they just text, and he's he not just her seems, dad. <laughs> he just seems like the kind of person who's like good friends with everyone, and he's like, oh yeah, I want to help these younger weird kids, weird, stay on the right track because clearly he's weird. on the right track. He's the most successful artist, musical artist in the past twenty years. Weird. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, <laughs> I uh, but another one from last week that was great was Mud Boy by Sheck West. Oh my. God, this is probably the best album I've heard this year. Not the best, but it's just not. It it lived up to the hype of Mo Bamba, the viral single from Sheck West. And I think he's, as a 20-year-old, he just turned 20. As a 20-year-old doing what he's doing, he's really going to do a lot for the rap game. And it's, it's exciting. I don't know if he's ever going to top this. And... I don't know if it's going to get the recognition it deserves. I think it should win every Grammy. But, yeah, it's it's really, it's a beautiful piece of art. 
I never know what Chase is talking about when it comes to this music stuff. I so. really think that a lot of people know who Shaq West is. Probably. But, I just don't. Yeah. I just listen. Um, yeah. So, oh, and then finally, uh, Little Mix, which is a British girl band. Yeah. Um, they've been around since 2012, I think. Um, they've had a couple really popular songs in the U.S., but they just did a collab with Nicki Minaj, um, which is actually really mellow for Nicki Minaj. Like, yeah. her collab is very, it's very subtle in the song. It's called Woman Like Me. Um, it's Little Mix's newest single, and it's actually, like, chart-topping in the U.S. right now, which is really impressive um, because Little Mix is the, I believe, the first girl band to top the Billboard Hot 200 ever. So um, it's a really impressive song. Uh, Normally, I take Little Mix's music with, like, a grain of salt because I always go into it feeling like I'm going to be 13 again. Um, Because when I started listening to them, I was literally 13 years old. (laughs) I don't know who Little Mix is. Uh, They were on the UK X Factor back in 2012. Simon formed their group. Oh, I love British TV. It's like the... What he did with One Direction, but not... He did it two years later with Little Mix, yeah. It just didn't work out as well. No, but um, with this new single and, like, what's shaping up to be their next album, I wouldn't be surprised if they hit a lot harder in the U.S. next because they're starting to collab with um, more U.S. artists. They collabed with Charlie Puth on their last album. Um, and it I, don't, was, I don't really know anything by him. I've, I know the name, but... It was really good. It was just a good song. Um, And they're starting to break into the U.S. mainstream, so I wouldn't be surprised if they became much more popular here soon, which I'd be happy about because, I mean, I like Little Mix and the new maturity in in their sound for being a girl band is really impressive. So that's all I had to say about that. It's just a good song. I'd check it out. The difference in our taste of music is, like, really showing on this episode. Seriously. I'm just, like, very pop oriented. Like, I just always have been. And I really love all things rap for the most part Mm -hmm. um oh let me just mention this real quick Quavo's solo album was really bad that's all I have to say um um I'm not really surprised I don't really like him like the the intro track I was I was surprised by I was like oh this is actually really this is cool and then it just went downhill from there but there's another album I want you guys to listen to it's called Black Ego by Lando it's like his third album I think he's really not very known at all he has like a thousand twitter followers but this is one of a super great album that i listened to over the weekend and i'm gonna keep listening to i actually shoveled out the 10.99 on itunes for it because i love supporting like lesser known artists who aren't getting the recognition they deserve but i never want to hear you complain about money again i think it's worth I think when you're supporting someone who deserves the support, money shouldn't be an object. Like, if you can afford to give 1099, fucking do it. Oh, that's fair enough. That just reminded me, actually. Thank you. Um, Matt Yaffe, who I talked about on our last episode, who has California's Burning, yeah. just announced his next album, uh, The Spirit Catches You, which I'm so excited about. Um, and right now, he is crowdfunding on Indiegogo for um, his newest album. Support underground artists. Support him. I spent $30 um, on his Indiegogo. There's a lot of cool things you can get. He's doing stickers. He's doing T-shirts. He's doing signed albums. He's doing posters he's doing merch from his other albums it's really awesome he is literally the sweetest angel that exists i've been talking to him since july and i really appreciate him not only as an artist but as a person um if you are interested in contributing to his indiegogo go ahead and get on my twitter 
Um, I just tweeted, I think three days ago, a link to the Indiegogo page as well as what the confirmation looks like once you donate. I just screenshot mine. Um, please donate to him. He is really, he's really great. Um, and this album is like gearing up to be like his best one yet, which is like saying something because California's burning was really good. So. Guys, this is so, so, so important. It's the most important thing you can do is support an artist who doesn't have the funding of like more known major label artists. Even if it's a major label artist, you don't know how long they're going to be around for. You don't know if their label is just going to mm-hmm. kick them off, say, you're not making enough money for us. So you need to be buying their albums if you are at that level of support for them. Yeah, and Matt is completely independent right now. So yeah, that's he's even more reason. Um, so yeah, um, listen to his stuff. If you can, donate to it. Even like a dollar helps like it's, you know, it's helpful Um, and he's great. So do it. Um, Cool. So moving on, what's trending, Chase? Uh, So I guess Coldplay is releasing this documentary that's been filmed over the last 20 years. I don't remember what it's called. I don't really want to pick up my phone and look it up because I'm not super interested in it. I don't really care about Coldplay. Yeah. At all. Um, But Coldplay is they've been a really big deal in music for a long time. And their quality over the past, like, two years has really dropped. But they're an important player in what's shaped music into what it is today. I suppose, yeah. I just And I really think that watching this documentary will just make it clear to everyone that that's the case. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, like, pretty aggressively uninterested in Coldplay. (laughs) Exactly. So I'll, like, read about it later, I'm sure. I don't think I'll watch it, though. Yeah, I think if they waited like five more years, then it would have been better. Or if they hadn't been releasing music for a couple years before this, but they just released, they had that big song last year that wasn't great at all. It was pretty bad. But yeah, that's that's trending. I don't know if you guys are interested in it. I don't know if I'm interested in it, but that's worth talking about, I guess. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Solange Knowles is coming out with a new album. Yeah, I've been seeing some... (laughs) So she did a photo shoot and put the pictures on Twitter, and I've been seeing some really... It's really letting gross guys talk about their love for Solange in a physical way, and it's kind of funny because... I love how you... Like ran all the way around to the subject and oh, yeah. peaked it in a physical way. <laughs> in a physical way. But yeah, it's not like it's it's just people showing the admiration for Solange because she, I think she's the more talented sister. Whoop. Sorry guys. I'm gonna be honest, guys. Big bomb drop. I think that Lemonade was an incredible album. I have it. It was very it. socially significant. But I don't love Beyonce. I don't love Beyonce. I don't. And I don't love Jay-Z either. I love Beyonce more than I love Jay-Z, but I don't love either, so. I wouldn't have bought tickets to their tour. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I know some people who went. I know a few people who went. But, yeah, I would never have gone. You heard it here first. I don't love Beyonce. It's so much money to spend. I'm not even sorry. But Um, Solange's new album, it's her... Uh, her last album came out in 2016 or 17. Okay. A Seat at the Table. It gave us one of Lil Wayne's best verses in a long time between then and now. Cool. And I loved it. I love that album. I still listen to it. And I can't wait for this new one. That's but right. don't be creepy, guys. That's like there's a place 
and a context in which you can say those things. But just just be careful because even if you're a good person, we don't want to know that stuff. Well, yeah, fair enough. Just really quick, if you guys were looking for a reason to pick up the Arbiter by chance tomorrow, you'll find that Chase and I collabed on a column called Offstage. <laughs> yeah, so Which, basically it's just talking about this. Yeah, we're just going to like take something that we talked about in the show the day before and we're just going to expand on it, talk about it. We want you guys to be involved with the podcast, not only by listening to it, but like seeing our extended thoughts on paper as well. Um, we're pretty excited about it. I think our first intro column is really funny. Yeah, um, it's nothing serious. No, it's going to be it's going to be definitely a humorous column. It's a quick like. It's it's, it's, a, it's a quick words, read. 300 words, something like that. Either way, um, we'd really love if you read it. We'd love to hear what you think. I'll put a poll up on the Twitter later this week. Find out what you guys think. Hopefully you guys will have read it. It'll be online and in print. Um, yeah, we just want to know what you guys think. We love we uh, we love having your guys' support. We'll so. also check out everything else that our Arbiter staff is doing because I think... There's a lot of important stories that we've been writing recently. I think so, too. I think the Arbiter has been very successful this semester. And if you haven't been reading it, then I definitely encourage you to. There's been a lot. There's we have really great writers and editors working with us and illustrators and graphic designers. Our illustrations are killer. Thank you to Wyatt. Yeah. Because you're phenomenal. He's great to work with. He's amazing. Everybody in this office is amazing to work with. Shout um, out all of you guys. Shout out to the entire Arbiter staff. We Unless you're not listening to this, then, I mean, I don't know why you're here. Yeah. They wouldn't be because they're not listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's all that we have for you today. So thank you for listening to Offstage. I'm Logan. I'm Chase. And this is Offstage signing off. Stage signing off.